the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Harbaugh. The word sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live calling show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. You're listening to The Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. We have a special program for you today. I'll give you a couple of details in just a few minutes. Uh, as always, we want your live calls and questions, 340-9585. That's 340-9585. You can also call us toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free mobile app if you're driving in your car. The safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app and hit the Call Now button. You'll be connected directly to our studio, and you will be on the air. One more time, 340-9585. It's Wednesday. You know that means it's our Old Testament Bible study tonight. Tonight I'm going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 23, finishing the chapter. Uh, you can live stream it at calvarysa.com, or we'd like to have you come and join us um, tomorrow. Paula will be live in studio with me on the date day edition of the program, as she is always on Thursdays. Ladies, that is your day. Now, today, we hope to have Pastor Raul Reese here tomorrow on the Thursday program, because he's in town, and Raul is going to be here at Calvary Chapel San Antonio tomorrow night. We've talked about that endlessly on the program, uh, but he couldn't make it Thursday, so we decided to have him here today. So our guest in studio is Pastor Raul Reese from Calvary Chapel in Golden Springs. Welcome to the program. Hey, thank you for the invitation. Love it. You know, uh, we, we see each other so seldom because we're so far apart. <laughs> yes. We keep getting older. Older and older. <laughs> I'm going to dress like Santa Claus this year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say older and wiser. That's not the case. Just, <laughs> just older, huh? Older. Yeah. <laughs> Time flies so fast. Um, you listen to Rawls' uh, program, Somebody Loves You, uh, on the air here on AM630 KSLR. And uh, I, I know a lot of people are friends because we've been inundated with phone calls. Remember, we don't have any more space tomorrow night, but we will be live streaming it at calvaryessay.com starting at 7 o'clock with some worship. And then Pastor Rawl will be sharing his heart with the people who are here, the KSLR listeners who got the tickets to come, uh, and some from Calvary Chapel San Antonio as well, of course. Uh, Raul, it's great to have you here. Uh, if people have questions, they're free to call, whether it's Bible questions or just questions about Raul's ministry. Uh, I'm going to start with some questions. Raul, we, we, you've been doing this. Now, we're, we're close to the same age. Yes. Um, but you've been doing this like twice as long as I have. <laughs> How did it get started? I got started, uh, I got saved. And started a little Bible study in my house with uh, eight of us, you know, friends that from high school. And uh, from that, it started growing. But we didn't really grow for four years. God was teaching me the Word of God. I was going to Costa Mesa with Chuck, went to the Shepherd School, and never thought that uh, Chuck would ask me with Greg and all of us to be on a board that would be up to the present time before Chuck passed away. And it's been a real blessing to me to really know Calvary Chapel. 
you know, the, the inside of Calvary Chapel, that it's an amazing, amazing uh, church, you know, and, and watching God work through every one of the guys, including you. You, know, you guys are here, and it's the teaching of the Word of God. You know, nothing, um, there's no gimmicks, you know, it's just every week Bible study, you know, teaching through the Bible, uh, teaching uh, in-depth study on Sunday mornings through the Gospel of Mark, you know, and just that's what I teach like that. It's really cool. Well, you know, it, it's good that we don't have to be entertaining because we're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> but one of the things in our 22 years here, um, every meaningful change in people's lives is a result of just teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter That's through the awesome. Bible. No, nothing else happens. Yeah. There's nothing else that we focus on. It's just the word, the word, the word. And I know that was what Chuck's vision was yes. uh, from the very beginning. What was it like in those early days when, when Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa was exploding and the Jesus movement was going on? And you know, totally different today. Uh, people really had a vision, had a passion to give the gospel to people. Uh, they didn't sit in the pew. They went outside the pew. The sheep, you get the sheep. And that's what I, so that's what I did. I went back to my hometown and tried to win people to the Lord because, you know, that's all I knew. And the Holy Spirit was leading us. I remember going to Calvary when it first started. And, and here we are, and you can see the the Holy Spirit. You know, not just in the church, but outside the church, wherever you went, people were hungry. And you could tell them about Christ. Today, you talk to people, they get offended. They don't really want to know. So we we pray for these people and, and ask the Lord to open those doors. You know, I'm in the martial arts, so I've been here for almost 50 years. So uh, doors open for me, you know, to talk to these people. Plus, you know, people that I know that are not doing anything with their lives. I spoke to them, and I shared the gospel with them. And it's been so neat because in the church, we see a variety of people, a variety of people that are coming to the church. Because when we moved to Diamond Bar after all these years, we never thought that God would do what he's done in the last 17 years. Diamond Bar, it, it was it was quite a change, I guess, uh, both financially in terms of expenses, <laughs> but but in size and everything. I mean, it just yes. it just you, you, the magnitude magnitude of your ministry just exploded when you moved there. You know, well, you know, I tell people all this time. You know, we've never looked for size. You know, we look for quality. Mm-hmm. And uh, way back when we started with eight people, the Lord began to fill the comfort studio. He built. He actually filled the, the show, the movie theater, and then we went. To West Community, he filled a Safeway store, and then we went to a Diamond Bar, and we still have three services that are just amazing to me. That God keeps bringing the people, you know, <laughs> so it's crazy. <laughs> you know, I, I'm laughing because I get up every Sunday morning, and I still shake my head that people are actually going to come yeah. and listen. Yes, it's neat. It's an amazing. They thing. It's God. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, and, and God added to the church daily. Yes, as we're being yes. saved. Uh-huh. And I, I think one of the things that I've admired about your ministry from a distance for a very, very long time is um, that, that you were never focused on church growth. You, you didn't yeah. fall for marketing programs. You, you've, and I mean this yeah. in, in a very constructive way, you've never been slick yeah. or, or trying yeah. to manipulate people's emotions. No. <laughs> you just teach the word. You're also, I think, maybe, maybe the most emotional pastor <laughs> that I know. Uh, I've heard you teach dozens of times, and I don't remember you not crying at some point in the message. How, how, how does that hit your heart so much, and, and, and you just, you're, you're completely yeah. open, letting people see? Well, you know what? Uh, first of all, I, I had never cracked I was so hardcore, you know, and coming from Vietnam, all the feelings that I had from losing all my friends, you know, and then uh, I started crying. Yeah. So there's the emotion. It's honest. Uh, uh, I guess for what God is in my life, and it continues to be my life, where he brought me, he humbled me, and I just asked God to really use my life in the remaining days that I have my life. I want to see kids, you know. I get to really see a lot of kids, you know, go to the high schools and talk to these kids. And uh, watch my wife, you know, having cancer. Nine years ago, and God gave her, uh, you know, she's been cancer-free for nine years. And then my little situation that I have, that we see the grace of God in our lives. And we're open to whatever God wants in our lives, fully, completely. 
you know, if, it, if, it's, if it's his church, isn't it true that we should be asking him what he wants to do? Yes. I mean, that's the case. You know, uh, San Antonio, I told you just a few minutes ago, is sort of military city, known as Military City USA. Um, um, we deal, because of the, the, the burn unit here, SAMC, and all the trauma yeah. um, um, that, that comes here to our city, we deal with PTSD yeah. um, survivors uh, yeah. all the time. Um, uh, wh- wh- how might you encourage them? You've been through it yourself. Yeah. I-, I would encourage them, first of all, you know, if they're not believers, they need to get their lives with the Lord. Otherwise, they can't make it. You know, I-, I go to the VA all the time. You see all these guys destroyed. But I have learned, you know, in my own personal life, because I was really, when, when I had those situations in my life, you know, a couple years, well, not a couple years ago, about nine years ago that I kind of flipped out. I came home one day from my from the church, parked my car, and then all of a sudden, I was back in Vietnam, and I was running down the street. My neighbors didn't know what was going on, and as I was running down the street, my wife came. You know, she came to the house, and I just thought, I don't know what happened. You know, and I started closing the, the shades, everything, you know, and I couldn't preach, I couldn't teach, and I go, Lord, is my ministry over, you know? And having all these flashbacks and all these things on my life. And so for six weeks, I couldn't really do anything. I thought my life was over. And then the Lord touched my life, you know. And he began to not only touch my life, but he began to show me that I needed him more than ever before. And he gave me a compassion for these guys, you know, that need compassion, that need love. And uh, and that's what's been happening. I've been talking to these guys. It's been so awesome. Not you know, not pushing myself on them, not thinking that I'm better than them. But I look at them, and it hurts my life. And whether it's whether you're a veteran and it's PTSD, or or you're you're somebody who's never served in the military in your life, a mess. It it starts with Jesus. Their yes. life has to get right with Jesus. And it finishes with Jesus. <laughs> and it finishes with Jesus. Hopefully, that's that's the way it goes. Um, Roland, let, let me let me move forward a little bit. We we talked about how Calvary Chapel started. Um, uh, my audience knows Pastor Chuck um, yes. from from me sharing uh, testimonies. Um, uh, but but other than that. Uh, Calvary Chapel is sort of an unknown thing in Texas. It's not like in Southern California or yeah. Florida where there's Calvary Chapels yeah. everywhere. Right. Um, um, Chuck died three years ago? Four yes. years? Three years ago? Uh-huh. Um, what are some of the changes? What, has anything changed? Is... There, there's been a change where Chuck left the board. We were in... Um, we were at, at one of the meetings, you know, we were talking about the meetings. We went to, he, we, we were with him the last couple of months, more than ever before. And he wrote a letter. He wrote a letter uh, two months, I think, before he died. We didn't know about the letter. Uh, leaving a board t- together. And the board was, you know, uh, uh, Greg Laurie, myself, uh, Skip Icy, and uh, Don McClure, and these guys, which a lot of them have dropped off, but we have the original board that has a vision, passion, what Chuck taught us. We don't want to change that. You know, we're open to the Holy Spirit, whatever He wants to do. And so we kind of had a little breakaway. You know, Calvary Chapel Global now, Calvary Chapel CCA Association. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to be an assistant, you know, for guys that have situations, problems. They can come. We can pray for them. We're not sort of another denomination. There's no possible way. I don't want one, Mm -hmm. you know. And I'm there because Pastor Chuck put me there. And uh, when it's no longer, I will pull out of the, the association, whatever. But I know that there's a lot of needs because a lot of pastors call us. The last ministry we had, the last conference last year, we had over, what, over 1,800 pastors come. We have another one for now coming across America, you know. And it's so neat to see that these guys that came, they had a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't try to convince them. We had a board, and they ask us questions, and we share with them. And it's been so neat to see, you know, there's 1,700 Churches out there, they want to know what's going on. Yeah. So we got together just a couple of weeks in Philadelphia, and we pray. You know, pray for God to you to use us to baptize us. We don't want to give any answers without seeking the Lord. You know, yeah. we want to make sure the Lord. You know, because otherwise. Well, I am sure you you may be aware of this or not, but I'm a I'm a CCA regional director in in the Texas South yeah. Texas thing in in Mexico and. And uh, we're coming out there next month to your church uh, oh, wow. for, for the conference. Oh, cool. So we'll, we'll get to see you again. Yeah. Um, well, let's take a phone call. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. That's 340-9585. Let's go to line one and talk with John from Universal City. John, thanks for calling. You're on the air. 
Hey, Pastor Ron, how are you? I'm well, John, thanks. I uh, I wanted to share a story with Pastor Raul. Um, first of all, I need to ask him if he remembers a guy that he used to do martial arts with named Carlos Sainz. Yes. <laughs> so yes, Carlos I and I used to work together, and uh, our boss was taking us out to uh, lunch. This was in 1985, and at the time, Carlos wasn't saved. And the, my boss, who was a Christian, had the radio on, and when he started the car, you happened to come on uh, doing one of your radio broadcasts. And so my boss, out of respect to Carlos, says, oh, let me turn that off. And Carlos says, no, I know this guy. And we were like, no, you don't, Carlos. There's no way you know this guy. And he says, no, no, I do, really, honest, I do. Well, we didn't believe him. The next day he comes in with your autobiography, you know, signs in, hey, That's Carlos, funny. great doing martial arts with you, sign Lowry. <laughs> and I've never forgotten that. And, of course, Carlos got saved, so that was a blessing. But I wanted that to thank so you, awesome. Pastor Roll, for everything that you do. Um, uh, it's especially great when, you know, somebody gets reached uh, who's a friend, and, and I thank you for that. Anyway, God bless hey, you. Thank, thank you, you so coming. much, too. <laughs> thank, thank you, John. Uh, Raul, let me clear up something. We another call online, but let me clear up something real quick. We're in San Antonio, and everybody wants to make you Raul. <laughs> and so it's Raul. Raul, they call you Raul. Raul, call him Raul. <laughs> and, and somebody said, but, but that's not the pronunciation. I said, well, yeah. in Diamond Bar, California, it is. Cause it is. He yeah. gets, it's his name. That's crazy. Uh, let's go to San Antonio now and take a call from Eddie online, too. Eddie, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Eddie, you there? Because I listen to the radio Hi, broadcast. Can you hear me? Uh, we can oh, hear you can fine. Can you hear me? We, we got okay. you. I listen to, to the radio broadcast, you know, sometimes going east or west or north or south, and I really love the, the sound uh, of that music that's in the background for the radio broadcast. But what is the name of that song? Oh, <laughs> the name Eddie is the word to stand on. Uh, it, it is it's the theme of our radio ministry here at Calvary Chapel San Antonio, and it's not a, really a song. It was written by a good friend of mine named Kevin Green, who is a Calvary Chapel pastor uh, in uh, at Fort Bragg in in Northern California. Uh, he's a great guy. In fact, I just talked to him today. He's happens to be in Peru right now, uh, and uh, I've got one of my students there at the Bible College there. Uh, he is. He's a wonderful, wonderful musician and songwriter. Um, Kevin Green is his name, but it's not a record. I, I just called him one day and said, look, we need to update our our, uh, our theme song. And he did this in about a half hour. So we, we've been using it now for probably 10, 12 years. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Eddie. You know, that, that's wonderful because God has been using that theme song, you know, as an anthem for me. Just to kind of lead me in a direction that I'm going in the correct just kind of confirming or verifying that song really ministers to my spirit. And that's God why I called you, today. Appreciate, appreciate you hearing right. it. Just keep being with Jesus. Thank you very much. Let's go to Hondo now and talk to Tina on line one. Tina, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hello. Yes, uh, my name is Tina. Um, hi, Pastor Ralbreeze. Um, I was listening to you. Uh, I'm from California originally, and we moved out here three years ago. And uh, my dad came here first because, you know, great-grandparents have roots out here. Um, and I even asked myself when I was uh, driving, traveling in my U-Haul when we were passing at Los Angeles, I just said, Lord, man, I wish, why didn't you move me to Diamond, Diamond Bar, California? <laughs> and I knew you were a few hours off the highway, but, you know, uh, we came and... Um, you know, life is, uh, it, it hasn't bettered much financially, but, you know, I've been struggling with my faith, and I've, I've listened to you regularly, and i got to admit, sometimes I can't listen to you because when you tell me I can't handle it sometimes because it's true, and it breaks me down. Um, but it's just like, you know, I haven't gave up. And so now, as of now, I'm in a good place myself spiritually. Um, however, I am a single mom. I have a 12-year-old, and that's what I wanted to tell you today was um, since we've been here, he didn't quite really adjust in the schools and maybe make friends. And at the same time, he says, you know, I don't even want to be those kids' friends, you know, because he is a Christian boy and uh, very smart, very sweet, loves children. And uh, he's been struggling with bullying. And just yesterday, I explained to him that he may not understand, but we go through things in life for a reason. And I said, there's something good going to come out of this, but we don't know. 
uh, by the end of the night, we I didn't want to go home. So, you know, we went to Walmart and just kind of killed time because I knew once we got home, he was going to be down and it was going to be one of those nights where he cries and begs not to ever go to school again. So on the way home, uh, a church in the in our town, they had an outdoor revival. So I said, you know what, let's do a detour. Let's just park. So we parked and we got down and um, they prayed for Adrian and he was saved last night. He was That's saved. awesome. And how old, how old is he, Tina? He's 12. How, how, He's 12, 12 years old. Okay, good. And, uh, you know, we get home, and every his attitude's different, and he feels great. And I know what it is. I know the spirit moved in him. And then he just says to me, Mom, I feel different. And he runs his hand across his chest, and he says, <laughs> I feel lighter and happier. And I said, well, son, I said, because you're saved. And I explained to him more what that meant. And I just, I'm so glad that I got to reach you on the phone. I came to work early, but now I know why, so I can sit in my car and listen to you. <laughs> Thank you. And we will continue to pray for your son. Yes. Thank you. Th uh, yes. Thank you, Tina. Adrian Hernandez. Okay. We're, we're praying for Adrian. Uh, Tina, one, one thing that I might suggest, tell Adrian that those kids that don't know God, don't want to know God, uh, now that he's saved, he can look at them not as the enemy of his ministry, but okay. the object of his ministry. And, and okay. you know, they need Jesus, and they're acting like people who don't have Jesus. So now Adrian has something to share with them, and tell him to be bold in his faith. God bless you, Tina. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh-huh. Three four zero ninety five eighty five for your live calls and questions. Um, how does it make you feel when people call who've known you for all these years? And <laughs> like family, sometimes you know, I feel like, wow, Lord, you know, you're too much the way He reaches people. You know, whoever thought, you know, I mean, sitting in Bomb Park High School, you know, and going to the Marine Corps, going to Vietnam, coming back, which I never had the desire to be a Christian or to be anywhere. You know, I just wanted to have my martial arts studies and all that. But God has other plans. And I think people need to be open to that because we get so, uh, we, we stay in one place thinking this is what I'm going to do. But what does God want to do? You know, and that's when I submitted to him. And then he showed me that he was going to do this in my life. Yeah, and and in in no way we ever could have imagined no. how things would have turned out. I tell my church Raul, all the time that that nothing in twenty two and a half years has gone the way I thought it would, yeah, or the way I planned yes. for it to go, and yet everything has turned out infinitely better than I ever could have imagined. Better. It, it, that's what it's like following this. Yes, totally. I, I, I tell the church I call it living under the spout where the glory comes out, <laughs> and, and you just end up in these yeah. great great places. Really. Um, uh, we're we're inside four minutes. Let me do something that's not too. Uh, in depth, because I got some questions on the other side of the break. Um, we talked briefly about the changes in Calvary Chapel. Uh, what do you see as our future? As a, as a, as, as, a, as a, an affiliation of churches, uh, I, I see that God is moving. I feel that uh, those have the freedom. They want to go to once or others, or they want to be independent. That's great. You know, we're there to counsel people, and I think that we're not changing anything. We're following the teaching of the Word of God. We're not putting a bunch of rules and regulations. And people that have come to us, you know, they're open because of the teaching of the Word of God. You know, uh, things have changed so rapidly. You know, kids being entertained, concerts, lights, smoke, all that, you know, which I've seen it before. And those people will never get rooted in ground. Those people will fall away, believe it or not. And they will not be able to really worship God in spirit and truth. Yeah, you, you, you can't keep somebody that God hasn't caught nope. um, without without keep upping the yes. ante, you know, in terms of, yes. of entertaining and yep. making them feel better. So uh, I hope that's the case. You know, one of the, one of my the thrilling things about Calvary Chapel, we spent a few minutes together before the program, and we're doing some different things. I mean, nobody does a free school or free right. medical clinic or the other things. Um, and yet Calvary Chapel has always given me the freedom to follow the leading of the Lord. So nobody's ever called me from headquarters <laughs> and said, you can't do yeah. this, you can't do this. And and our job is to say every day, Lord, what about me and what about today? And if we do that, then um, then the Lord leads and guides our steps. And the truth is, and I'm sure you would echo this, uh, I haven't known what, what I was doing one day in 22 and a half years. I'm just following Jesus and end up in the same place. Um, you didn't know. No, you know, we're not a denomination, you know. We're just, check you said, we're not a denomination. We're just fellowship. You know, and we do what God's called us to do. Yep. That's and it. that's to teach the word. Yes. And that's just my part, your part. Yes. 
and it's not what everybody else does. Yes. Uh, here's a question from Vanessa that was just called into the studio. Pastor Rawl, have you started a Bible college in your area? Uh, yes, we do. <laughs> we hired um, a brother that was teaching at the uh, Life Bible College, and they dismissed him because they treated their philosophy, their theology. So he'd been speaking to my church when I was gone, so I asked him if he would come down. He's in Oregon to come down and be our coordinator for the Bible school. So he prayed about it. He came down. We had 120 people in our Bible school when he came down. We have over 300 now and 300 online. And plus, we're starting Bible schools all over the, all over the country, overseas too. Now, is, is the Bible college in your facility? It's our facility. Is that your facility? Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow, I needed to know that, and I didn't. See, I learned something there. We've, we've sent a bunch of people to Bible college, and, wow. and we're, we're not as, as happy as we once yeah. were. No, put it so, yeah, here. So, I'm yeah, glad to see. Really cool. I, I get to know that. Thank you, Vanessa. I hope that answers your question. And I know her, so I know because she's got a bunch of kids that oh, are at that's that a, age growing up now. That's good. So that's a good thing. Um, we're inside one minute for this half of the program. Uh, if you have any questions for Pastor Rawl, uh, we Bible questions or questions uh, about him or his family or his church, uh, we'd love to have them. 340-9585 or toll free, you can call 877-630-KSLR. You're listening to the Word to Stand On for Life. Pastor Ron Arbaugh, today honored to have Pastor Rawl Reese live in studio with me. 340-9585, we will be back. In two minutes. Today's edition of The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh has been pre recorded. to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the second half we've only got 30 minutes left with pastor Rawl. so if you have any questions uh 340-9585 if you're outside the local area 877-630-KSLR Rawl, um people in our generation um, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're sort of fading off the scene, uh, and we're raising up. You've got sons. We, we're raising up uh, people to go. How are they going to deal with the enormous pressure to conform to the worldly ways um, of thinking that, 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 that are so prevalent? I mean, the media blasts them all the time, social media, regular media. Uh, how are we going to stand firm? How are these kids going to be able to say, this is wrong and this is right? and survive I think first of all is prayer praying together asking the Lord for you know what, what he wants to do and then you can't force them you know, I, I told the body here and I, I told my staff I give five years in five years I really believe my heart there are not going to be churches like there are today because we're moving away from the church and the pastors will be in an office like this you know preaching to the phone to the computer instead of having a live audience in the church I think that's going to fade away eventually I told our church 10 years ago that I didn't think it would happen in my lifetime, but the pastor who's going to take over when I'm gone, yeah. um, uh, I, he's going to fight some fights that we haven't fought. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my opinion, and like yours, uh, that some of the things that we teach by simply opening the Bible, um, sexual sin, um, some of those things are going to be um, illegal to, to, to declare oh, yeah. from the pulpit. I think that's on the horizon. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, I think, yeah, persecution is because they hate the church. They hate Christians. The more liberals we have, the greater persecution will come. That's where people will be tested in their faith, yeah, if you're really a Christian or not. And I think that the church, instead of growing, is going to diminish, because you're going to have, like, you know, back in the Old Testament, the remnant. You know, there was always a remnant. Mm-hmm. And I believe there's a remnant in the church today. The church not only is entertaining, but they have a very shallow belief. You know, they can't stand on the Word of God. So we have been around a long time. We need to take the time to pray. How can God send us these young people without forcing them and to come and we can pray with them, we can share with them. Yeah, and and as long as we have 
the ability to make those choices. We've got to be committed to teaching the Word. Totally. Not, not just preaching it or telling no. stories about it yeah. or doing topical cute studies, but teaching the Word, teaching equipping the word these of God. people. Pray, teach with them so they can see that we love them mm-hmm. and that there's no other way but the teaching of the Word of God. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons your emotion is so important in what you do because your church knows they're loved. They know you're a passionate man, and they kind of catch that fire. And so uh, I thank you for that. <laughs> hey, let's go to uh, Troy calling from San Antonio on line one. Troy, you're on the air. Thanks for calling. Hey, Pastor Ron and Pastor Ron. How are you doing today? Hi. How are you? We're doing well. Thanks. Doing great. Thanks. Um, Pastor Ron, I've been listening to your radio program since about 2014, so not a long time. But um, through that time, you were going through a lot of the uh, revelation, so that really helped, especially when I was in Colorado Springs. So, God bless you for that. But I, I did have uh, two questions for you. One was, uh, is when you were in the Marine Corps uh, before you were saved, was there anybody that you recall that tried to share the gospel with you? And just generally, how was that culture as it pertains to uh, Jesus and God and trying to get uh, through those Marines itself? And then my second question is. Um, you're very direct in your preaching style, and you're very um, honest and speaking uh, from the Word. And I was wanting to know, have you always been that way, or when you were in the beginning, um, did the Spirit kind of lead you to have that direct style that you have now? And I'll take your answer over the air, sir. Thank, well, thank you for calling, Troy. Yeah, one of the things that uh, the first question, nobody witnessed to me ever, but... My wife, my wife's parents, before she was my wife, we went to school together. They were missionaries in South America. They they were born in Nebraska, but they became missionaries. So they've been praying for me all that time. And for four and a half years, you know, I mean, I didn't know what was going on. And then my wife praying for me. And then one day, you know, I woke up where, you know, I used to do a lot of stuff that I wasn't convicted about. I mean, really bad. And one day, all of a sudden, I wake up and I start feeling bad, convicted. You know, why am I feeling convicted, you know? And all of us, I found out that they were praying for me. So I accepted Christ in my life. And from that point on, I began to learn the Word of God and to go forward to what God had me. And the second question, what's the second question? The the second question was... um what do I see? Oh, man. That's full H. <laughs> see, we need we need a younger co-host. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here. <laughs> yeah. In, in, well, in the Marine Corps, too. The Marine Corps, you know, they're, uh, they're very, uh, very tough people. And uh, when I was in Vietnam, we had no time for anything. We were always in the bush, you know. And that's what happens. Yeah, second question was, okay. was your style is so direct. Oh, there you go. Why didn't you ask me that? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I've always... Uh, I, I always been straight through. When I came to Christ, I never wanted to compromise. I never wanted to, uh, you know, to be emotional in any way. But somehow, over the years, God broke me, and He continues to break me, and He continues to break me because of the hardness of my heart. That's why. Uh, I hated Christians. Hated my wife. Everyone that I came in contact with, until God was able to break me completely, fully, where I need, to, I learned to begin to love people. And so my preaching, I preach what the gospel is. That's it. Yeah. I, I can tell you that what you what you see with Raul is what you get. Um, there's no duplicity. Um, being, it's his message. It's Jesus's message. It's not ours. We're just stewards of that message. Yes. And I, I can't imagine, Roland, I'm sure it's the same for you. I can't imagine standing before Jesus and explaining why I softened it or watered it down, why I was unwilling to tell the truth. I, I, as long as I have no answer for that question, <laughs> yes. then we gotta, we got to be direct yes. and, and teach it. Um, Ray wrote in and said, Pastor Rawl, what would you consider your favorite or most meaningful verse of the Bible? That's the worst question you pastor can get. <laughs> John three sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> See, Ray, that's the heart of an evangelist. For God so loved the world yes. that He gave His only Son, and 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 Rawls been winning people to Christ for a very very long time. You still doing the Crusades? No, we're not doing the Crusades. You know, we believe where God provides. You know, will continue. The Lord wasn't providing, so I took that and ended it, and I put all my energy and to the into the radio ministry. Good, because you reach more people that yeah. way. Praise the Lord. Here's another question that was just called in anonymously. 
Is it literally possible to sell your soul for fame or fortune, like making a deal with the devil? Is this biblical? Before you answer, all, let me say we all have made a deal with the devil before we get born again. That's, we're not aware of it because the devil is smart, he's subtle, he's relentless. But we, we, um, we see, we, we're not the ones in control. We're either on our way to heaven or we're on our way to hell. And until we make the choice for heaven, um, you know, Satan's really not worried about us. He's not trying to make deals with us because he already owns us. What would you add, Ralph? I would say that we have a will. Yep. <laughs> and with, with that will, we have a, a, an opportunity to choose or not to choose Christ. And he's never going to force you. And I know that the Holy Spirit, when he convicts you, you have to make a choice, either for Christ or without Christ. Relationship or religion. And a lot of people choose religion, so when the enemy sees those, those opportunities, then he begins to deal with your life, because he doesn't want you to come to Christ. When you come to Christ, believe me, Satan is every day trying to get you. The greater is he that is in me than he is of the world. Yeah, and we, we need to remember that. You know, we, we don't have to be afraid of the devil. We no. need to respect him. But, but, but we've got the infinite creator of the devil living in us in the person of the Holy Spirit. And if we're walking with Jesus, uh, you know, Hebrews says uh, that he's not ashamed to call us brothers. Yes. Uh, in the Gospel of John, he calls us his friends. It's awesome. If you're hanging out with your friends, yeah. you don't have to be worried. No, you don't if, have to worry if, about if your that. friend's a real strong man, isn't that true? Yes, sir. Um, Raul, in, in Texas, we've been going through a lot, as you've been reading, of course, with the hurricanes, um, um, our brothers and sisters in Houston, uh, and in uh, Corpus Christi and, and um, Rockport and all through the, the Gulf Coast have been hammered. Uh, we've had the same thing go through Florida now with the catastrophe in Puerto Rico. And then we just see this uh, this um, monstrous behavior in Las Vegas. Uh, I get questions all the time about whether or not these are signs of the end. What would you say? I, I believe they are. I believe the Bible speaks about that. Paul spoke about that. Jesus spoke about that. I mean, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13. And, and the thing that I see is God's trying to get the people's attention because he loves them. And at the same time, think of people, instead of turning to Christ, they're turning again to the world they, they can be uh, they can be comfort to the world God has opened the heart for me in our church to send all kinds of things to the uh, to the hurricane and at the same time I sent a little message John 3:16 that God loves them but there are people that will criticize that there will be people that they say well that's not the hand of God well God can do whatever he wants to do he's not trying to destroy people he's trying to get attention yeah. you know that this is the hand of God because he loves you he's trying to use those things to bring you to Christ so you don't trust in yourself anymore but you trust in him yeah, and we get to the end of ourselves in, in situations like this, which is always God's plan. Yes. So whether it's a sign of the very, very end or not, you know, when we see a horrific shooting like we saw in Las Vegas, you know, Paul writing to Timothy, he says, Mark this, Timothy, in the end, in the last days, there'll be terrible, terrible times yeah. or perilous times. And, and one of those uh, descriptions, uh, the word brutality, and we're seeing our culture turn more and more brutal, uh, seemingly by the hour. Well, every day in L.A. there's a shooting <laughs> You know, or, or something's going on. There's never a peaceful life. You know, when I look at the news, it's always bad news. Yeah. You know, they don't have any good news at all. So I don't look at the news, yeah. you know. But I you know, I know that when I look at the scriptures and look what's going on, you know, when I read my Bible, this is what's happening. And this is going to happen, you know. I am assured of Christ in my life. I am assured that everything's perfect timing and things are running out of time. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. You know, throughout the gospel accounts of the phrase at just the right time or Jesus making reference to my hour has not yes. yet come. There's always a time and we at Calvary Chapel, of yeah. course, believe that the return of the Lord is imminent. That doesn't mean tomorrow or next yeah. week, uh-huh. but it means at any moment. Right. Could, nothing else has right. to happen. And, and you know, we, we need to be about the business of winning as many lost people to Jesus as we possibly can. Paul says, redeem the time, Time. making the most of every opportunity because the days are short and evil is all around us. Um, Raul Grace uh, called a question in, and for both of us, what has been your greatest challenge or heartache in ministry, and how did you handle it? You first. Grace? Grace. 
you know, <laughs> grace to me is it's a gift that God has not only given to me, it's a merit of favor. That's why I'm here, because of the grace of God. Without the grace of God, I would not be here. I would be damned and condemned and thrown to hell. But the grace of God was given to us so that not only we, we can have in our lives, but other people can see the grace of God in, in our lives so they can respond to that. If you wonder, what is your greatest challenge or heartache in the ministry? Oh, I feel great. Yeah. The hardest challenge in my life, oh, man. Uh, Keeping my family, in, for in, my family in ministry. In ministry, dealing with people. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it true? It's the best. It's the biggest blessing and the biggest. Yes, blessing. about me because you're trying to deal with people, you know, that meet Christ, and then you have the critical people. But then on the other side, you have these beautiful people that are submitted rather to Christ. But for me, it's a challenge because I like to go after those the one the hypocrites that criticize because then I can open the scripture and I can share my life with them. You know, I can share. This is where. I was, this is what God did, and this is what God what Christ can do for your life. Yeah, you know, Grace, from, from my perspective, it, it's hard. The, the people that make a lot of noise, the people who break your hearts, um, they're, they're such a minority compared to, to the, the overwhelming majority of people in your life. But they make so much noise, sometimes yes. don't they feel like the majority? Yes. And and, and, and that's my challenge. My challenge is, is loving people who don't love me, yeah. uh, loving people who uh, are out to get me. Just this past Sunday, I had the privilege of preaching uh, John chapter 9, the first five verses. Or not John, uh, Romans chapter 9, the first five verses, where Paul actually said, now think about this, Raul. Yeah. Paul actually said, uh, he had to confirm it with a, what I call a triple-layered oath of sincerity. <laughs> he said, I'd give my place in heaven if only my brothers the Jews would believe. Now, you're an evangelist. I mean, you've got that heart. Um, I, I'm working on on, on that heart, and, and staying close to Jesus is the only way I can possibly get it. But for me, Grace, watching people whose lives are a disaster, mm-hmm. we've got the answers, we've got the good news, and they treat us like we don't have a brain. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we watch lives crumble before our very eyes and it's heart breaking and there's nothing that we can do about it because we have a will right. they've got to make the choice yeah. uh, and the only way you can handle it is it, wh- whatever the, the heartbreak is the only way you can handle it is to stay so close to Jesus yeah. that he's actually the one handling it for you right the uh, heartbeat of Jesus yep you know um, when he walks beside me I'm okay I know I'm going to be okay even if I don't feel okay yes but if I get any distance, and sometimes we're all, we, we let the heartache and the disappointments. Disappointments. D- d- yeah, disappointments yeah. to such a degree yeah. that we, we drift away from the Lord a little bit. And that's when we're always in a dangerous place. Well, you know, sometimes we feel like we're not walking with Christ. Like the Lord has departed from us. But those are times of faith. Yep. To really believe in God. You know, he, if we had feeling all the time, then really we wouldn't have to trust in the Lord. Yep. You know, but that's been my my, yep. my issue. You, you know, in, in the book of Acts, we, we have a problem in our culture. We read the book of Acts. <laughs> like chapter one happened one day, chapter two happened the next day, chapter three happened the next day. That was 30 years. Yes. And and we, we, we forget about Paul's times of yep. discovery encouragement, depression, the times when he despaired even of life. Um, we think about how slow travel was then yeah. and the means of communication. There was a lot of days when Paul didn't feel like anything was going on, a lot of days when he felt discouraged. Uh, and yet I've found in my own life that it's in those times when I feel like God is the farthest that he's doing the most in me. Yes. Do you agree? Oh, I agree. Fully, completely. It, it's so cool because then I have peace in my life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about your, your, your family. My family. Sharon has been here. We, 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 oh, you have her. Yeah, well, we've had Sharon here. And well, my, you know, she's uh, she's quite a woman because she, you know she's gone through so much. You know, she, four and a half years of um, abuse, physical, I mean, just in every way you can. And for me, she stayed with me. She should have left. She stayed. She stayed because she saw God begin to work in my life. And she's been a blessing in my life for all these years to my grandkids, you know, to my sons and their mother-in-laws. You know, and then you have these uh, these people that don't like her, you know, because she's real godly. You know, she was brought up in a godly way, and then she loves all her grandchildren. She's always giving, 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 never taking for herself. That's one thing of my wife. And I get on her case. I say, Sharon, all you do is give. When are you going to receive, you know? But she loves the kids so much. She loves people so much. I, I know her answer. What? Her answer be when I'm with Jesus. <laughs> then, I'll receive, then I'll receive it all. Yes. I've heard, totally. I've heard a pizza. Yes. So that's, you know, and that's what we're here to do. We're yeah. to give out what we've been given. Yes. We've been given the greatest treasure yes. in the world. Yeah. 
Um, ministry sometimes is difficult and it's yeah. often painful, yeah. but it's the greatest calling. Ryan, I mean, what, 17 years, 19 years, he walked away from God, and then God touched his life. My son, Raul Jr., God touched his life. He was rich, and God took everything away from him. And then you have uh, Shane, he's never walked away from the Lord. He's the only one has always walked with Christ. Praise the Lord. And, and Ryan's still uh, really active. Now he's, yes. He's, the whosoever. He's going to the, the school, to the schools. And in the schools, he's sharing the gospel. And they're letting them, not in Christian schools, public schools. Public schools. Yeah. Wow. It's really neat. Here's a question from our mobile app from Sundra that just came in. Uh, Pastor All, a lot of us here in San Antonio are praying for your mother. How is she? She's having surgery today, so keep praying for her, and then I'll keep you posted on what's going on. Okay, good. Uh, She fell and broke her hip is what I was told. She broke her hip. She's 93 years old, and she broke her hip, and something else happened to her legs. They said she would never walk again. So we'll see what happens to her, you know? Okay. Um, How are we doing on time here? Okay, good. Six. How would you encourage a young man now, and I get this question a lot, Raul, um, who feels called into ministry, uh, the devil's attacking, why would God call you kind of thing? Uh, what, what would you encourage him to do? I would encourage him to continue to pray, to continue to read the Word of God, and get around people that are going to be not just friends, they're going to be part of his family, you know, so they can, he can share with them and they can share with him and lay hands on him. And I think through those things, and God can use his life. He wouldn't even know God's using his life, you know, but he does use his life. And then God has a perfect time for that. And that perfect time is not his. He has to keep his eye on Jesus. He needs to continue to read the Word of God, study the Word of God, so that when God calls you, you've got to be ready. Yeah, and for sure, if he calls you into ministry, you have to learn patience. Yes. You can't jump A lot out of patience. Of, yeah, and you can't jump out ahead of the no. Lord. No. Because in your own strength, which you, you have none, yes. in your own strength, you're going to get crushed. So, again, in those times um, when, when uh, you feel like God's not doing much, it's often those times that he's laying the foundation. Yes. You know, here's something you've never heard, um, uh, my own testimony relative to you. Um, I've been saved six months. Uh, I, I was a, a wealthy man, a businessman, very successful, and lost it all. Um, Paula had been praying for me for 13 years. Um, uh, the, one of the guys who was instrumental in bringing me to the Lord, um, uh, I, I told him I was called to be a pastor, and he said, he said, no, you're lucky God saved you. God could never use you. Yeah. But I was on the 57 freeway, uh, caught in traffic, and I was listening to you on the radio on... The Calvary Chapel station, K-Way. And you were teaching out of Second Timothy. No, out of First Timothy. And you were teaching the portion about uh, uh, pastors and the requirements. And it was as though Jesus was sitting in the car with me. And people say, you know, I've never heard the voice of God. What does the voice of God sound? And I say, well, the voice of God sounds a lot like Raul Reese to me. <laughs> because when you were teaching on the qualifications of a pastor... Um, the Lord spoke so clearly and distinctly to my heart. He said, that's what you're going to be doing. Wow. And so I, I actually got my calling from the Lord through you uh-huh. on a radio station. But look what God has done in your life. You, you, know, you come here, you see God's hand up on your life. You know, radio station, I mean, you know, a lot of people would love to have what you have, what I have. But you've got to be content yeah. in what God has given to you. Yeah, is it true when Paul says he learned the secret of being content? Yep. It's not something comes natural. We no. have to learn it. Isn't that true? Yep. <laughs> um, we've got just inside four minutes. You're going to be here tomorrow night. Do you have any idea yet what you're going to talk about? Uh, not yet. Okay. But I just kind of wait on the Lord to be uh, to the people. So that it's not just a message, but I want to make sure that it pierces their hearts, mm-hmm. that it feeds them, that it brings them up, and see what God will do in their lives. <laughs> Paul and I ran into it, Rubio's across from Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. <laughs> and you came over and said, hey, can I come and eat with you? And so we sat and we started talking. <laughs> and, and, and I said, I said well, well, we came here Greg tonight, because so, he always talks yeah. on Monday nights. And he said, well, I'm speaking for Greg tonight. And, and here's what you said. You said, I'm speaking on prophecy, so please pray with me. And so we prayed with you, and then you said, pray for me. And we went to the message. You didn't say one word about prophecy. In fact, that was one of those nights where you gave an invitation 
for people to receive Christ before you ever started your message. Oh, wow. And I'll bet 15 people came forward and got wow. saved before the Word of God went out. So it was just one of those times. It was a real blessing. Paul and I still talk about that. That's and funny. kind of giggle about it. So you'll see Paul in just a couple no. of moments. Um, Pastor Roll, tomorrow we're at a Pastor's Appreciation Luncheon. Uh, we love our host, KSLR AM 630, The Word. However, I always felt like it was so misplaced to appreciate pastors. We're the most grateful people in the world for what God's called us to do. But tomorrow you get an opportunity to talk to pastors. Yes. Um, I'm going to speak from Paul's letter. I'm going to speak on Paul's farewell speech. Good for you. <laughs> to the Ephesian elders. Yeah. No, from uh, Paul, Acts chapter 20. Mm-hmm. His farewell to yeah. the to Ephesians. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Uh, anything else you want to share with us? No, I just want to say to the people, thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. And just continue to pray for us so that God can be effective through the teaching of the Word of God. So I thank you so much, you guys. Now, I've got a Charger fan here Uh-oh. who has a question. How do you comfort, uh, how does your church body comfort, is comforted with the fact that the Chargers are playing in your area? Uh, we don't like the Chargers, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Uh, one, one final thought as we as we get ready to sign off. Um, again, to to the veterans, those who are really struggling with PTSD. Again, our our SAMC um, world class burn unit is here. Uh, we've got people in our body. Some eighteen, nineteen surgeries, severe brain trauma. Um, Encourage them to just stay close to Jesus. Yeah, you know, guys, I love you guys, and just keep looking up, and don't ever get discouraged, because the devil wants you to do that, but keep your eyes on Jesus, and here's a good church. You can come, and they can help you, so I love you guys, and I will pray for you. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in today. We're inside one minute. A couple of things. Paula will be live on the air with me tomorrow uh, on the Date Day Edition of the program. Ladies, it's your day. If you need any encouragement, she's like the best in the world at it. And uh, we'd love your live calls. I also want a couple of things to the callers. Um, find a good church home. Get planted. Serve God. And just wait to see what God will do in your life. Raul, thanks for being here. Thank you so much. You've been listening to The Word to Stand On for Life. Today's special guest is Pastor Raul Reese. Please pray for him. Pray for his mom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock. See you then. God bless. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.